Everything bows at His name. Sing it out. Everything. 
is my healer gateway worship what a great song to get started with today here on lfa tv's rise up 9 a.m eastern standard time here with producer eli ready to worship ready to get the day started uh big shout out to pete santilli and the money market group and the money market stocks show that comes on at 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. every day, Monday through Friday, telling you what stocks to watch, what stocks to buy. If you are in the money market business, make sure you check out Market Ultra here every single day, Monday through Friday, at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, following right up here with Rise Up. So, uh, good morning, and thank you for joining me. Hopefully, you guys got your Rise Up coffee. We got a nice fire. Thanks to Eli working hard. He was out in those woods right there. You see those woods behind me? Producer Eli's out in those woods this morning. Chopping wood. Like Paul Bunyan. Came in and started this cozy fire here this morning so that we could have fellowship together. Jesus is my healer, ladies and gentlemen, and we are here on Rise Up, rumble.com slash LFA TV. Okay, I got to take a drink of my Rise Up coffee. What are you guys drinking on? Is it the Sumatra Gold? Is it the American Pecan? Is it the American Pecan Decaf? Or is it Folgers or Maxwell House or something like that? Now, I know that's a lot more uh, affordable, so I'm just playing games. Like, I, we know that the coffee's not cheap, uh, but it's gourmet coffee, and it's, you know, 
not a big box store. So, <laughs> uh, yes, we got more snow, too. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd like to start the day off today by wishing a happy birthday to two incredible individuals. Number one, Becky. Becky, I want to wish you a very happy birthday. I want to, I want to wish you a God-filled, joyful, happy birthday. No matter what's going on in your life, I want to see a smile from ear to ear, okay? It takes a lot more muscles in your face to make a frown than it does a smile. So turn that frown upside down. Remember that always. And another birthday shout out to a young man whose favorite song, apparently, Eli, is Rebirth of America. It's my favorite song, too. Rebirth of America. So I uh, want to say a big shout out to Jaden. Not my son, Jaden. He, uh, Ashley's son, Jaden. It's his birthday today. And apparently his favorite song is Rebirth of America. So I figured I'd sing happy birthday to both these individuals. But, 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 and only but, because it's Jaden's favorite song, I got to give you a, a quick little verse so you can sing along with me when you see this later. You know what I mean? This country is now something I don't recognize. Never have I ever seen this demise. Never would I imagined all the lies. The leaders that lead us continue to try to take the freedoms they're not able to give. I got them from God, so I got to go live. I got to move mountains. I got to go big. You got to be bout it to MAGA like this. Red, white, and blue is all I ever knew. Ain't nothing new now. I'm part of part two. We're taking Nova steamroll over you. Controlled us with socialist nonsense. We're through. Take it from me, you better be all ears. Better be listening to all those cheers. M-A-G-A and we don't have no fear. Your party is over. We'll take it from here, right? God bless you, buddy. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Jaden and Becky. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to the both of you. Sorry, my phone just went off there. I pray that you guys both have a wonderful birthday. And, uh, you know, I'm not used to rapping that early in the morning, Eli. Used to be my job. Used to get up every morning and, and kind of do it as a prep, you know, just get my tongue working, get my practice going so I could get ready so I could, you know, because rapping, doing hip hop, you know, it's like, it's like an auctioneer. It's really fast. I just gave you the, sh- the, the slow version. You know what I mean? <laughs> I struggled to get up this morning, says Katia76. And I heard you singing, get up, get up, get up, get up out of that funk. I knew I would hear you singing today. Well, see, there you go. There you go. You rock, Jeremy. Thank you so much. Well, you're welcome. And you tell Jaden to have a happy birthday. Okay, okay. Hearts and tongues. Hearts and tongues. We all hopefully have a heart and a tongue. Maybe some people watching don't have a tongue. But if you're watching, you have a heart because you're alive. Otherwise... How are we doing this? Right, Eli? (laughs) So, hearts and tongues, all right? I want to get to the description of today's show. You did not get a morning newsletter, and I apologize. We've got a lot going on here. I've been trying to be a lot better at my Telegram. So, by the way, if you're not following me on Telegram, I stopped doing Telegram other than sharing videos there, sharing the show there, I mean, uh, because we had, ready, Eli? We had 15,000 bots. We had more bots, you know, that would flood the comment section than we did actual followers. I left for about eight months, and now we're back down to the appropriate amount of people that are in there following. So I'm back on Telegram. I'm trying to be better at that. 
I'm back uh, trying to uh, get better at uh, correspondence. And there's, um, there's a lot going on here. So I apologize we didn't get a morning newsletter out this morning. But never fear. We'll be back on that Monday. And I'll try to get back to doing that every uh, day, even if I've got to wake up a little earlier. Uh, Fold- Folgers is all I can afford right now, says Wayne Davis. Eli, can you do me a favor? Can you write down Wayne Davis's name? Wayne Davis, we're going to send you a free bag of coffee. Just because. So would you rather have the medium roast or would you rather have the dark roast? Let us know and we'll, uh, we'll be looking in the comment section. But message LFAproducer at gmail.com, your address, okay? All right. This is a much better mood than yesterday. Well, you know, it's hard to find out that your mom has lung cancer. And uh, I was trying to be on the up and up as I could be, but through much prayer and, and petition and, and, and discussion with my wife and my, I told my, uh, my oldest daughter last night for the first time, she's the only one uh, who knows. Um, yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been, you know, it was a rough day. But we're feeling good today, and I want to get into the topic, hearts and tongues. One directly affects the other. One controls the other. There is a constant spiritual battle between your heart and your tongue over who gets the most attention and who dictates who you are and how others view you. Today, we will identify which heart you have and which kind of tongue you have. Mary, okay, thank you, sweetie. I'll be on the lookout for it. God bless you. I appreciate you. Today, we're going to decide which kind of heart you have and which kind of tongue you have. This is, uh, when I do this kind of a show, this isn't a judgmental show to say, Mary, you have this kind of heart. Wayne, you have this tongue. Watercop, you're guilty of this. And Miranda, you're guilty of this. Lifelike just donated $20, Eli. Send Wayne Davis a coffee from me and keep it up, Jeremy and Eli. And Kong donated $10 and said, good morning, family, and peace. Jesus is the way. We really, really appreciate, folks. We're the lowest we've ever been on donations since we started at LFA TV. And thank God there's always been a way with some sponsors or, or, or promo codes that people decide to use. Uh, but yeah, we're lowest that we've ever been on donations uh, and we're doing the most we've ever done. So that gives you an idea how much we penny pinch here and every dollar is truly worth it. So thank you so very much. Uh, Ruth says, I'm sorry to hear about your mom. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. But you want to know something? I realized yesterday, asking for physical healing is not what I'm called to do for my mom. Now, if God is calling you to, uh, to prayer for physical, pray for physical healing uh, for my mom, then God bless you and thank you. Thank you, Arthur. Anna and I will chip in $10 for Wayne's car. Arthur, you and your wife do a lot for this country, and we appreciate you and we thank you. What I am asking for for my mother, what God has weighed on my heart, to pray for my mother who's been diagnosed with lung cancer isn't that she's physically healed. It's that she's spiritually healed. My mother is lonely. My mother has got a hard heart. My mother has depression. My mother has a lot of uh, 
uh, anxiety and anger. Um, she doesn't know a lot about the way the world works in 2024. She's behind a couple decades, and she always feels like she's a burden to somebody else. So I, I am feeling that I need to pray, pray for spiritual healing for my mother. And if I pray for spiritual healing for my mother, then God's will will take care of everything else that he wants. That's the way I look. Kara Moore says, anyone trying to quit smoking, hypnosis works. Glad that worked for you. I'm glad that worked for you. God bless you for that. I think the best thing that I can do is spend more time with my mom in the word. Maybe start going over a few times a week just to go over a verse with her and explain it to her much like I do with you guys here. So thank you for that. Now let's get to hearts and tongues, okay? Um, I have some notes here that I'd like to go through. Thank you, Heidi. If you guys could do me the favor of sharing this video right now to your ex Twitter accounts, to your Facebook accounts, to any groups that you might belong to on Facebook that are faith-based, that would be a really good outreach place to your true socials and to your getters. I'd really, really appreciate that. And I want to thank Kittenhead. Jeremy, from Miss Kittenhead, use where needed. We definitely will. And as a matter of fact, we started up the Slurp Fund program again, and we just sent out $3,000 this last week for the Slurp Fund. We hit $100,000 last year. We may be able to do that again, but I needed to move my website, get a new contact info and everything to a more secure place so we weren't attacked so much. And I'll be uh, unveiling how you guys can reach out to us again for Slurp Fund help and Bible requests and all that over the next coming days, okay? Um, let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask the Lord to be with us while we talk about this very very, very important issue of your heart and your tongue and basically diagnosing yourself to see which heart and tongue you actually have. So, (sighs) Lord and Heavenly Father, Lord and Heavenly Father, we come to you today on this Friday afternoon as a congregation fully thankful And excited to give you worship every single day. To ask for your guidance. To thank you for what you bless us with every single day. The miracle of life itself. And to come back to you when we fall off that path. You are the way, the truth, and the life. So we know that the only way to get to where we want to be in our souls is with you. We thank you for that so much. Lord, today we're going to be talking about the battle between the heart and the tongue and how one wants to control the other in this spiritual battle we're in. And you've given me such a great topic to talk about today, Lord, Father God, and we thank you for that. Lord, so be with me today. Help me utilize the Holy Spirit within me to speak your word directly to these wonderful God-fearing and God-loving people, these brothers and sisters, these soldiers in Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Miss Mocha Powered. <laughs> I wanted to buy Wayne another bag of coffee, but someone beat me to it. Well, we're going to send Wayne both then. How about that? And guess what else, guys? I talked with Cherokee Rose Coffee, who partners with me in this, and they are looking into doing K-Cups for us next. So how incredibly great, uh, grateful am I for that because there's so many of you that want K-Cups. My goal today is to get 1,800 live viewers on a Friday to hear the word of God. And if it's God's will, it'll be done. So please share and rumble. Here we go. What kind of tongue do you have? What kind of heart do you have? Now, again, this is for you to gauge yourselves. This is not for me to judge you. This is for you to gauge yourselves and let the Holy Spirit judge you. Thank you, John, for the Slurp Fund. And Annette, we appreciate you. We love you. Ready? Can you be honest? If you're not honest with us, be honest with yourselves and be honest with God. Okay? A person who has a harsh tongue has an angry heart. Now, while my harshness that can flow from my tongue has diminished exponentially in the last year, and I mean more in the last year than it, in, in the entire first 43 years of my life. And I have nothing but uh, glory to God and give thankfulness to God for that because without him, I would still be this angry, angry man with a harsh tongue. A harsh tongue has an angry heart. Thank you, Al and Carol. I will tell my mother that. I'm sure she'll appreciate it. Do you have a harsh tongue? How long does it take? How, how much of your patience? Um, how long does it take for your patience to get to the point where you do have a harsh tongue? That means if you do, like me, you have an angry heart. And while it's a lot less angry than it was a year ago, there's still anger in there that I need to work on. So if that's you, raise your hand. If you don't want to raise your hand in the live chat, then raise your hand in your home and say, that's me, and write it down. So just like in school, take notes, okay? A person with a negative tongue has a fearful heart. So we know what a harsh tongue is. A harsh tongue is somebody who scolds boldly and says things that they don't mind if it hurts somebody's feeling. That's harsh. But a person with a negative tongue has a fearful heart. What's a negative tongue? A pessimistic person. A person who sees the glass half empty and not the glass half full. A person who always speaks negatively of people around them, situations around them, things that happen to them and themselves. I can't do it. I guess I'll just never make it. I guess I won't succeed. I'll guess I'll just give up on that. I guess that's just my luck. That's a negative way of speaking. Yep, here we go again. Always me. When it rains, it pours. Nobody likes me. That's a negative tongue. And if you have a negative tongue, then you have a fearful heart. 
And if you have a fearful heart, God says over 365 times, or 365 times exactly, do not be fearful, do not be fearful, do not fear, have no fear. And if you are a child of God and you live in fear, i.e., speaking negatively from your tongue, then you have a fearful heart. And that is, again, another sin against God. So, number one, if you have a harsh tongue, you have an angry heart. If you have a negative tongue, you have a fearful heart. Does any of that apply to anybody? If it does, admit it to yourself, write it down, and we'll move on. Now, I don't have a fearful heart, but I do have a harsh angry heart again that's a sin against God especially if the Holy Spirit is in us we good number three a person with an overreactive heart or an overreactive tongue excuse me has an unsettled heart overreactive That means whatever happened did not require you to react the way you did. You made a mountain out of a molehill, as my mother used to say. That's me. So not only do I have a harsh tongue, but I have an overreactive tongue. So I have, by this chart, by this diagnosis, right now, I have an angry, unsettled heart. Now, while again, I'm getting way better at it and my heart is a lot less angry and a lot less unsettled, it's still there because it has the potential to rear its ugly head. How many of you have an overreactive tongue where you overdramatize or overreact to problems that really are not that big of a deal? When it really comes down to it, is it that big of a deal? No, it never really is. An overreaction will lead you to do what Fannie Willis did yesterday and literally go up on the witness stand and set herself on fire. I have never seen testimony in my life so bad. I have never seen self-destruction so much In a short period of time, I have never seen an overreaction and anger come from somebody in a professional setting, in an ebonics, ignorant way of speaking than we saw yesterday. Right, Eli? So it sounds to me like Fannie Willis embodies all of these as well at a high, high energy level. Moving on. A person who has a boasting heart has an in or a boasting tongue, excuse me, keep doing that backwards, have an insecure heart. Now, there is a difference between unsettled and insecure. Unsettled means you haven't been able to get over something. There's something that's still there that keeps coming up over and over again, and you've not settled that issue. Where 
Insecure is a completely different um, characteristic. Insecure just means you never think you are good enough. So what do you have to do? You have to overcompensate. And you have to overcompensate with a boasting tongue. It's like little dog syndrome. So, if you have an insecure heart, a sign of that is a boasting tongue. Well, I did this, and I did that. And the reason that this happened is because of me. And nobody can do this but me. I'm guilty of that one too. I'm guilty of that as well. So I look here now, and I'm gauging myself by this chart that I have here that I drew up and I made, and I have a a, a bit of, anyway, maybe not a full, maybe my heart's gotten a lot better, but it still lives in there. I have an angry heart. I have an unsettled heart. And I still have an insecure heart because I do talk about still how it's amazing how nobody can do this, so I might as well just do it myself. It's amazing to me how a person who knows how to do something can't do something, and me, who's not specialized in doing something, can go do it. Move out of the way, I'll do it myself. How many of you can say that? Mostly that's a man thing, I think. Maybe I'm wrong. Now again, I wouldn't say that I embody all of these fully. I wouldn't say that a a majority of my heart is these things. If you look at like a picture of a cancerous lung, I hate to use the analogy given the circumstances, but if you look at a cancerous lung, you can see how far it's spread, right? If they catch it early, it's a small amount. If they don't, it spreads, it spreads, it spreads, it spreads, and then it looks like some dying black pound of flesh. You know what I mean? So my heart would have... The early detection. I used to have a lot. It used to be covered with all of this stuff, but it has diminished and reduced down to just blotches. I want to, I want to, I want to get those blotches out of my, my ledger. That's where I am right now. That's what I'm working on right now. So I'm sitting here looking at my, my little chart that I've, I've, I've written up here and I'm like, wow, the only one that I don't have is the fearful heart. I don't have the negative tongue and the fearful heart. I never speak negatively about myself or, or, uh, oh, I can't do this. This is never going to happen. I don't, I don't do that. I've never, I don't never been done that. So that is one thing that I, I can surely say. I do not have a fearful heart. So we've covered the following. If you're just joining in, if you have a harsh tongue, you have an angry heart. If you have a negative tongue, you have a fearful heart. If you have an overreactive tongue, you have an unsettled heart. A person with a boasting tongue has an insecure heart. And here's another one. A person with a filthy tongue has an impure heart. Men. Now, I'm not saying only men have filthy tongues. Trust me. I used to be a plumber (laughs) and we were in this um, woman's beauty salon and me and this other plumber that I was working with, this is way back in the day. This is like 2004, 2003, 2004. I went through, uh, I I got my journeyman's license. I was plumbing and heating and I was behind, we were behind this wall in this beauty shop 
working on pipes and the, and the women didn't know that we were back there. And Eli, I got to tell you, I never seen, I never heard people talk so filthy in my life. And I'm a guy, I'm a locker room guy. I'm a grab them by the, you know what, locker room Trump kind of guy. And I've never even said some of the things that some of those women said. But generally, it's men who have that outwardly public filthy tongue. And if you have a filthy tongue, then you have an impure heart. Now, again, this is something that I wouldn't say that I have a filthy tongue anymore, but it, something comes out here or there if I'm making fun of a situation. So I don't go out and have a filthy tongue. So I wouldn't say that I, that I um, say filthy things, but I am, I'm known to say a filthy joke about a situation. So I wouldn't say that I have a filthy tongue. So I wouldn't say that I have an impure heart. Do any of you have that? Where you make a filthy uh, statement or a filthy joke about everything. When you talk about uh, private sexual relations, you'll talk about them in public and you'll say filthy things, things like that. Jeremy, is there anything you have not done? Jack of all trades. Jack of all trades, master of none. No, there's nothing I haven't done. There's pretty much nothing I haven't done unless it requires school. <laughs> and I haven't done that. I've done everything that doesn't require a higher education. We'll put it that way. Uh, I learned on the job, hands-on training. Um, so now we've covered the filth part. And the last one, a person who has a critical tongue has a bitter heart. That's a little bit of me too. What's a critical tongue? Critical of others? Constantly putting others down? Constantly telling people where they went wrong? Constantly going out of your way to tell people why they're bad? Why they suck? Why they didn't do something right? That's bitter. You're just looking for a fight. I think that's a woman thing, Eli. (laughs) Most, Most of the women that I've known in my life just going out looking for a fight. Or at least it seems like at least it seems like that's what I always saw anyway. Um, but yeah, critical. Going out of your way to criticize somebody else when you don't have the ability to do that. When you're not in the position of authority to do that. When you're not a parent or of somebody and you just go out of your way to be critical of somebody. That's not good. Um, now, I'm critical of somebody if I'm in the capacity to criticize them on what they're doing. Like if I'm a boss or if I'm a parent, but I don't go out of my way to criticize people about what they do and how they live their lives. As long as they're not bothering and encroaching on me, my, I'm not critical of people really. I'm critical of if I'm part of a situation and somebody needs to be constructive criticism or whatever, uh, that's, I'll do that. But so, so here we go, folks. I'm looking at this, and out of the one, two, three, four, five, six things that I have written down here, how to gauge your heart, how to diagnose your heart, I'm guilty of three of them currently, right now. So I've got some heart work to do. I need a heart surgeon. And the best heart surgeon I know is Jesus of Nazareth. So that's what I'm going to work on. 
Um, what's what was that? Hold on, Jeremy. What is a you he that says I don't feel well every day because of an illness? I I, I think you kind of messed up when you typed there. But what do you call somebody who says I don't feel every I don't feel good every day because I have an illness? Eli, what's that name of a person who thinks they're sick all the time but they're not? Yeah, hypochondriac, Munchausen syndrome, something else. There's, a, there's another word for it, too. But that's pretty much what it is. You, you literally think yourself into sickness, right, Eli? Power of the mind is pretty crazy. That's why the devil attacks your mind. He can't attack your, he can't attack your heart. He knows your mind is very, very powerful. Listening to this makes me realize how far I've come. Jesus has changed my life drastically. Thank you, Father. Well, that's another thing, too. This isn't just to um, this isn't just to gauge yourself about how bad you are or how much you have to do still. This is also a, an ability for you to gauge yourself to see how far you've come. This is a good thing. Once in a while, looking in the mirror and holding up things to, that you've written down in the mirror and saying, does this apply to me? And how far have I come? That's a good thing. Self-diagnosis is, is for spiritual reasons. Well, I guess, and for physical reasons is great. That's great thing to do. And every one of us should do that. Your body responds to your words. Amen. Amen. Yeah, hypochondriac. That's another good name for it. Yep. All right, folks, we have 1,600 people. We are only 200 people shy of what we want to get to here on a Friday, preaching the word of God. Now, I'm not done. There's on the other hand. So here we just went through these six things to gauge yourself uh, on the on the on the things that you need to work on and how far you've come. But now let's gauge the other side because there's other people who embody other characteristics of a heart and tongue. So let's do that. A person who is always encouraging has a graceful heart. Now, that's me. That is me. I am always encouraging somebody. I might do it aggressively sometimes, but my goal is to always make somebody feel or do better. So I do have a graceful heart as well. How about a person who speaks gently? Now, that's not me. (laughs) I'm not a gentle person. Eli's gentle. If Eli had kids, he'd be a lot more gentle with his kids than mine than I am, but a person who speaks gently has a loving heart. Now, I have a loving heart, but I don't do it in a gentle way. So, I guess there's some room for debate there. And last but not least, a person who speaks truthfully has an honest heart. And ladies and gentlemen, that's me. Out of all of these, I speak truthfully, and I don't lie. So that's an honest heart. Is that something you can say about yourself too? So see, it's not only the good that you gauge. It's not only the bad that you gauge. You gauge how far you've come and how far you need to go. It's basically the same as putting your car in the garage and getting a, uh, a quarterly diagnosis or a yearly diagnosis, whatever it is. 
I hope it helped you today. I pray that it did. We are going to go, and I've got a couple videos to show you here. Uh, the first video, remember how I told you that your mind is powerful and Satan cannot attack your heart? Satan can only attack your mind. Your heart belongs to Jesus, not to Satan. But Satan will use his ability to attack your, attack your mind and make you think things that aren't real. And you know this because of what he did to Judas. And I have a little video that talks a little bit about that that I saw this morning that I'm so glad fits in to this conversation. Roll it. The devil attacks, fool. What do you do, just pray? So when the devil attacks, he only attacks in one way. John 13 verse 2 says, After supper being ended, the devil now putting the thought inside of Judas Iscariot's heart to betray Jesus. You guys know the story of Judas. He betrayed Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Outwardly, it's him, but inside it was Satan. Mm -hmm. So he like, he puts that thought inside of us because nobody's just going to wake up and smoke somebody, right? You got to exactly. first have negative thoughts, angry Ooh, thoughts, and then you start chill. to feel angry, and then you start to behave angry. It comes from a thought, bro. Literally. So everything, people, we're not just empty vessels who just move around, bro. We have thoughts. We have mind. We have, you know, all these different feelings and emotions, but it starts with the thoughts, bro. When the devil attacks. What does God say? Keep your hearts pure because everything you do flows from it, right? So the devil attacks your mind. He gets you to think certain things, which causes you to use your heart in a very, very negative way. And then you produce outwardly, you project outwardly the fruits of evil and not the fruits of the spirit. So that's why God says you don't only guard your hearts with the breastplate of righteousness in the armor of God, but you guard your minds with the helmet of salvation as well because you know your weak spot. If you are a general of an army, you know that your entire army is not impenetrable. You know that you focus most of your resources here, here, or here, which leaves here or here a little bit more vulnerable then here, 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 where you're putting the most of your resources. So when you're putting the most of your resources in your heart and to the Holy Spirit, the devil says, ah, <laughs> I found a back door, guys. We're going to go through the mind, and then we're going to affect his heart, and then we're going to get his heart and his spirit to do bad things because the mind is so powerful. And that is why you've got to have that helmet of salvation on. 100%. No questions asked. And now this. This really doesn't have anything to do with today's show. And yesterday I played Ray Comfort's video that I would have played today. I needed to hear it yesterday. I played it yesterday for my own good because I needed to hear a little bit of Ray Comfort. Today, in a switch up, we are going to actually go to my other uh a person, another person I respect very, very much, but also a personal friend of mine, Mr. Ken Ham. Now, if you don't know who Ken Ham is, he's the guy who basically uh, is in charge of the Ark and the Creation Museum uh, down in Kentucky. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to go to a video of his about God creating the world in six days. And the reason I want to play this is because most new Christians 
and Christians who have been on the path for a while are always going to get this question from an atheist or an agnostic. How are you going to convince me that God created the world in six days and that the world is more than six is not more than six thousand years old and that the world was not billions of years old and evolution isn't the way? Ken Ham has a great, great, great discussion on this with great information. You've probably seen it before. Maybe you haven't. I'd like to play it to end today. So, ladies and gentlemen, my friend, Mr. Ken Ham. Roll it. See, the Hebrew word for day is the word yom. Okay? Now, what does the word yom mean? Well, actually, most words have two or more meanings dependent upon context. Take the word day. I could say, in English, back in my father's day, that means uh, back in my father's time. It took 10 days, 10 24-hour days, to drive across the Australian outback during the day. During the day is the daylight portion of a day. And so there's the English word day having three different meanings. Most words have two or more meanings dependent upon context. I could say some of you are sitting at the back, you have a sore back, and you're sitting with your back against the back of the chair, and you came back after being here before. There are, there's the word back with a number of different meanings. Did you understand each meaning? Yeah, because context determines that. And you know, it's the same in the Hebrew language. Words in certain contexts mean different things. So the word day in English can have different meanings, but the word day in Hebrew has different meanings too. It depends upon context. And so when you read in Isaiah, I know you say Isaiah, incorrect. The I is more towards the middle, Isaiah. Uh, the day of the Lord is near. The word day there doesn't mean an ordinary day. That means the time of the Lord. Or the day of the captivity of the land. The time of the captivity. And so, actually, the Hebrew word for day has a similar range of meanings to the English word for day. It can mean time. It can actually mean year. And by the way, it can actually mean day. In fact, the major meaning of the word day is day. I know you'll be shocked by that. But it is. You know, I had a pastor once say to me, but the word day can mean something other than ordinary day. I said, that's true, but it can also mean day. And he said, but it can mean something other than the word day, other than ordinary day. I said, that's true, but it can also mean day. And he said, but it can It just kept going on and on. I said, look, pastor, uh, the word day can also mean day. Let me ask you a question. When does day mean day? Because the word day can actually mean day. So when people say to you, but the word day can mean something other than ordinary day, you say, of course it can, but it can also mean day. So when does the word day mean day? That's what we have to ask ourselves, okay? Here's the interesting thing. The word day is used 2,301 times in the singular or plural in the Old Testament, but in Genesis 1, that's where we don't know what it means. How come we know what it means everywhere else it's used? But we don't know what it means in Genesis 1. I mean, think about it. You know, do you ever say to yourself, you know, I wonder how long Joshua took to march around Jericho. Was it a million years? Was it 100,000 years? I mean, what does the word day mean when it says, you know, he marched around for seven days and on this day he marched around seven times? What does the word day mean? You don't do that. You know what the word day means there. In fact, you know what the word day means anywhere else it's used in the Bible. Genesis 2, 4, in the day that the Lord created. means time, in the time that he created. You know what we have to ask ourselves? Okay, when does the word day, the word yom, mean an ordinary day? That's what we need to be asking ourselves. 
Now, if you look up, for instance, a Hebrew lexicon, uh, Brown Driver Briggs is one that's used in, in most seminaries and Bible colleges, and you look up the word day, uh, it has a number of different meanings and they list all those meanings and so on but you know what they list as when the word day means an ordinary day when it's defined by evening and morning and for each of the six days of creation Genesis 1, 5, 8, 13, 19, 23 and 31 or take a more modern uh, Hebrew Lexington, Kola Baumgartner it's very interesting because they list the meaning of the word day in there and for number two they say day of 24 hours that's how specific they get so this is a highly respected Hebrew dictionary when is an example of day of 24 hours the first example is Genesis 1-5 the first day of creation so your Hebrew dictionaries tell you that well why is it that most pastors, most Christian leaders say we don't know what it means and most people in our churches say we don't know what the word day means here's the interesting thing, outside of Genesis 1 if you just ignore Genesis 1 and go outside of Genesis 1 the word day is used with a number 410 times and each time it means an ordinary day when it's used in a number when you have the phrase evening and morning without the word day 38 times it means an ordinary day when you have evening or morning with the word day 23 times each it means an ordinary day when you have the word night with the word day it means an ordinary day and that's 52 times so we know when day means an ordinary 24 hour day when it's used with a number when you have the phrase evening and morning when you have evening with day or morning with day or when you have night with day so we know what it means in ordinary day so it must be very difficult to figure out what it means in Genesis 1 let's see how difficult it is to figure out first day there was evening morning first day evening morning number day let's look at the other one evening morning number day evening morning number day evening morning number day evening morning I'm getting a really strong hint about something <laughs> do you know what I think I think the Lord was saying this because really if it were just had a number it would mean an ordinary day or just evening with the word day or just morning with the word day or just night with the word day or, or, or just evening and morning but it's got evening and morning and number and day and on the first day even, even night I think, I think the Lord's saying this look these people in the 21st century are going to be so thick I'm going to qualify this with evening and morning and number and even in the first one night and even in the first one I'm going to define it as the, the, the first day which actually in the Hebrew reads one day which actually defines the day makes perfect sense Ken perfect sense and they're sense. still not going to believe it yep why they're not going to believe it because you know what if you believe in six literal days then you add up the dates in the Bible, it's a young earth, and you're going to be called anti-science, anti-academic. Yep. You're going to be, you're going to be uh, mocked at and scoffed at and ridiculed because the world is so adamant you've got to believe in millions of years. That's right. You know, think about this for a moment. Where do we get the idea of our week from? We get the day from the rotation of the earth, the month from the earth and the moon, the year from the earth and the sun. Where does the seven-day week come from? The Bible not from any astronomical observation, do you realize that? we have a seven day week, why? because God created everything in six days and rested for one if he created everything in six millions of years and rested for millions of years it would be a very interesting week <laughs> you know, you could, you could claim that at school or college excuse me, I, I didn't do my homework, why not? I'm in the millions of years rest right now <laughs> you know, do that at a seminary that teaches that the days of creation aren't ordinary days just say, excuse me, I'm, I'm, in, the, I'm in the rest period right now 
and I will be for the rest of the time here at college. <laughs> you know, I'm just taking you literally. That's what I'm doing. You're not taking the Bible literally, but I'm taking you literally. See, see it's ridiculous. Actually, when, when you look at that, when, when, when I look at that, do you know what I say to myself? Man, why did God take so long? I mean, couldn't an infinite creator God create everything like that? He strung it out over six days. Why did he do that? As a pattern for us. That's where our week comes from. That's why we have a seven-day week. We don't have a ten-day week. Actually, Richard Dawkins has a seven-day week, and every time he does that, he's saying God, God's word is true. Amen. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I have a, uh, I have a video of me, Ken Ham, and Ray Comfort having a conversation in Ken Ham's office at the Ark with my kids where I got to interview Ken Ham. And when I, when I said, when I told him that, you know, his way of explaining things in a common sense, open-eyed way, uh, and uh, along with Frank Turex and um, Ray Comforts, I said, that is what brought me to God. And he said, Ray Comfort helped bring you to God too? And I said, yeah. And he goes, well, would you like to give him a call? And I said, uh, <laughs> yeah. And he goes, okay. So he gets his phone out and he calls, uh, calls Ray Comfort and Ray, and Ray answers within a couple rings. And the first thing Ray says to him is, who did I make mad to get a call from the famous Ken Ham? <laughs> Who did I make mad to get a call from the famous Ken M? And, uh, you know, they, they obviously have a really close relationship because they were just digging each other back and forth. I got the whole thing on video. Eli, should we show that next Monday? Let's show that next Monday. Let's show that next Monday. And by the grace of God, I can get the two of them come on for my third, 300th episode. Maybe, maybe not. It's very difficult to book people uh, for shows, it seems like. Um, everybody's got a schedule and... Never usually lines up, but uh, I, I, we'll play that on Monday. I think that's a good idea. We'll play that video uh, on Monday. Now, here's what I'd like to do on the way out, as I always do. I'd like to play some good music, just like uh, when you're leaving church. I do love you guys very much. I thank you for being here today. I pray, and I really do pray that you guys um, take today's show and uh, apply it. That means give yourself a diagnosis. Di always look at your heart. Once every couple months, am I doing the way I should be doing? Am I going the way I should be going? Nobody else is going to do that for you. Only you. So, Mike Crispy and Unafraid comes up next. I pray that you guys can all stick around for that. Also, ladies and gentlemen, after that, two hours of Live from America... We intended to make phone calls or have phone calls come in today. We're still working on that, actually, because the system isn't accepting the program so well. So we may or may not have phone calls at, at 11 o'clock. But either way, folks, I'll see you at 11 for two hours. I love you. God bless you. Have a great God-filled day. Bye-bye. Anything going on in your body, your mind, emotions, just believe that the Lord's presence is here to bring peace and healing to your body. And if you would be so brave as to lift your hands in faith. Lord, we just...
just believe that everything bows at your name, the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord. Every single one.